Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey now, Semper Fi. Welcome in. Good morning. Welcome into the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. It is 8 a.m. Excuse me, 7 a.m. Shortly thereafter, I should say. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick leading you into the 9 o'clock hour where we'll hand it off to the LSU Sports Radio Network for the official pregame coverage of LSU and Mississippi State. And the Tigers and Bulldogs square off today in Starkville at 11 a.m. Herb, Tyler, you ready to go, man? I got coffee in hand. Uh, Early kickoff, not always what I like because it shows you just how far you've fallen when you're in the 11 a.m. window uh, (laughs) kicking off a game. That's about so, I guess that's not necessarily true all the time, but I do not like these 11 o'clock games simply because, our, you know, our Tigers play so much better 6.30, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night. So I don't really like the early games. Either the the 2.30 games, I don't really like those as well. So, But, look, it is what it is, and we owe Mississippi State one, too, from last year. Okay, we need to get some revenge from last year. You know, Herb, I agree with that. Um, and some, we're going to have Glenn Gilbo on later on in the 8.30 hour or 8 o'clock okay. hour, around 8.35 or so. He's with Outkick.com, and he wrote an article basically saying that Coach O is coaching the game of his life in terms of survival as a head coach because this game is vitally important for a number of reasons. Obviously, it's in the SEC, but you still got Auburn. You still have Ole Miss. You have Arkansas. You have uh, A&M. Yep. You have Alabama. You have Florida. So, uh, man, this is just the beginning. So if you don't survive this game, if you don't get through this game, if you're Coach O, man, you're staring down the barrel. And that's just being honest because you know, I, I think you got to keep in mind here, Coach O is not Scott Woodward's hire. It wasn't his guy. Nope. And uh, and two years removed from the national championship, that's just the standard in the SEC. You get a pass for last year. I, I think most fans say, all right, you know, COVID, coming off a national championship, okay, fine. But this year, if you know if they have four or five losses, man, I don't know how you can make the case for Coach O to stick around. So I think th- I agree with Glenn Gilbo. This is kind of the coach. Uh, he's coaching for his uh, his longevity for his life, so to speak. He, um, I don't know if this particular game is that game, but this game is going to tell you where he is. You know how far he's grown from, I guess, last year to this year, right? As a head coach, and you know, once again. He's gotten, you know, he has. This is what his third set of offensive and defensive coordinators since that 2019 season. Like nothing's the same about that 2019 season. And 
I think he and um, the uh, Corey Raymond, the defensive back coach, are the only two coaches left from that that coaching staff. It's just you know how could you you know, I, I don't know it's just really weird. But I think at the end of the day, when it comes to what Coach O's got going on today, he needs to find a way to win today. Not think about in the next next week or the week after. None of that. He has to you know take that bad taste in his mouth that he got from last year's. Mississippi State game, which really, really exposed who we were last year. And um, let's turn that into a positive this year and show everybody who we really are this year. And hopefully he can turn it around and not play like we played against UCLA, but we can continue to hopefully play like we played against Central Michigan last week. Now, they they have gotten better, Herb. I'm not trying to deny them of that. They have. They've improved offensively, Mm -hmm. defensively since week one. Still, for me, though, Defensively, they still think they still treat the crossing pattern like it's something new, like it's <laughs> like it's something they've never seen before. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those weird. I, I don't know. It's a, a, a dynamic that just doesn't make any sense. But I mean, if you watch the Saints game this past weekend too, as well last weekend, it, it, the same thing was happening. It's like it's like what's going on with these passing these crossing routes? Why can't we just pass a guy off in zone and be where we need to be? Or you know, cover man to man and and be right next to our man, like white on rice, if you will. So, I'm not, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's 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 really crazy. But I think if if the big boys up front keep getting some pressure and 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 disrupt whatever that the quarterback's rhythm is, then maybe that'll help the guys in the back. So I know the guys in the back play, uh, you know, play the sideline very well. They play the deep ball very well. They play you know, uh, post routes very well. It's just those crossing routes, man. They get all screwed up on those crossing routes, and I think it's a combination between the DBs and the linebackers. Herb, I'm outside doing the show today uh, on the patio because the weather is fantastic. So I'm soaking up the great weather. Um, I'm looking forward to this game. And Andre Anthony, another player that LSU Tigers have lost for the season. Derek Stingley, very questionable for today's action, according to Coach Ogeron. And, um, look, the, the Tigers are going to have to make do. Uh, they're going to have to find a way to get it done against a very game Mississippi State team. And it's not the same team that came into Tiger Stadium last year and, and beat the uh, the Tigers. Neither are the Tigers against Mississippi State. So how much do you think that loss last year lingers into the minds of players this year, or is it a non-factor? Well, it, to me, it, it, it was one of the first things that I mentioned today, so I can only assume this. It's been lingering in their minds ever since last year. The guys that are there and the coaching staff, whoever's on the coaching staff that was there last year, because like I said, it really, really was a, a great identifier for who we actually were last year. So, and I think that hopefully they can use this game today for the same purpose and just continue, but but for the, the different purpose, meaning to identify them as a better team, as a more complete team, as a more, you know, unified team. And uh, we'll see exactly how they how they react today. Like, look, the, the whole country has been, you know, really pretty much down in LSU since the UCLA game. And they haven't actually played a formidable opponent to really get people off of their backs. So, but here you are. Okay, now you're opening up SEC play. It may not be one of the, you know one of the greatest SEC teams out there, but it is an SEC team and one coach by a, a really good coach who's trying to make a name for himself, and I think he's doing a good job at Mississippi State as well. And we'll see exactly where it goes, but you know you have to you have to kind of 
not dwell in the past, but you have to be reminded of what happened last year. Yeah, Herb, I, I think that this Mississippi State team, where normally LSU would go into Mississippi State or they would, you know, the Bulldogs would come to Tiger Stadium, and it was almost a penciled-in win. And that's no mm-hmm. longer the case for LSU and Mississippi State. It's no longer a, hey, that's a win. Uh, just that was that was proven last year, and I think Mike Leach is a guy that, you know, he studies enough film. He's going to look and dissect that that L, that LSU defense and say, hey, you haven't done this well. Let's see if you can do it do it well this game. Otherwise, I'm going to continue to attack you there. I mean, he's that offensive mind that can really zero yeah. in on on your troubles. Yeah, he has been and always will be, in my opinion, one of the greatest offensive minds in college football. I mean, he he just has this way about him that's kind of quirky um but he's a genius on the field you know when it comes to just you know uh, x's and o's and 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 drawing things up and getting you getting the right uh, uh i guess um you're putting these guys in the right positions when and that's the one thing that scares me about today because i know he's going to run a, a multitude of um crossing patterns from different sets different types of formations um and they're going to be coming from everywhere and he's going to try to hit us deep so if Derek Stingley's not playing or even if he is playing he's going to try to test Derek I think at some point deep to see if you know if whatever injury he has is he if he can sustain it and play high quality football if he's not in there then they're definitely going to challenge whoever that second guy up is and go from there but ultimately I think that you know, Mike Leach is not afraid of anybody. He doesn't care who it is he's playing. He, he'll take his football team in there and just, <laughs> you know, play like as if they, the, his guys are the champions every year, every every game. It's like every game is a national championship game to him. And he loves it. He just loves the competition, and he loves to put his guys out there, and his guys love to fight and play for him. And that's, that was evident last year against LSU. Herb, have you heard him uh, talk about UFOs and um, and Bigfoot? Have you heard Mike yeah. Leach talk about that? Uh-huh. <laughs> He's a wild dude, man. He's a wild dude. He's an attorney he's awesome, by man. trade. He's just a guy I just want to have a conversation with, you know. Just, yeah, you know, yeah. Some of the th- same things we all think about and talk about, he's just doing it right there in the interviews. I mean, who cares, right? Yeah, he's he's an interesting cat, that's for sure, and I agree with you, Herb. He'd be a guy that you want to sit across the table from, have a cup of coffee, maybe, uh, uh, you know, some uh, some donuts or something like that, and just, just mix it up with him because I think he's an interesting cat, but. That matters little today for LSU and uh, Mississippi State. 11 a.m. kickoff between the Tigers and the Bulldogs. And Coach O, Mike Leach, they square off. And the players uh, get after each other. And this will be an interesting game. And I think one that will go a long way is is telling you the the potential future for Coach Ed Ogeron. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. A.K.A. Herb Teasy, number 14 in your program, number one in your heart, Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick leading you up to LSU and Mississippi State today at 11 a.m. The Tigers step into conference play for the first time this year against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And, Herb, we're mixing it up. We're, we're, we're out here, you know. And, and I think some feel like I'm too negative, <laughs> and maybe I am. But – I'm looking at this game, and I look down the schedule, and Herb, you've, you've rightly so uh, criticized me for being a little bit too Debbie Downer at times. And, and I admit that. I, I have been. Um, but I'm looking at this game, and, I'm, and then I look down the rest of the schedule, and I say, man, if you don't beat this Mississippi State team, um, I think you're in a world of hurt. 
you know, Auburn's ranked. You still got Kentucky on the schedule, who's not an automatic win either. Um, you got Florida. You got you got Arkansas, who's ranked, and that's that's where it's troubling. LSU's not ranked, and Arkansas is, because for years now, Arkansas has been, you know, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Missouri, they've been the, the bottom feeders of the SEC, and I just feel like right now it looks as though LSU is the bottom feeder, one of the bottom feeders in the SEC. They might finish last in the SEC West, and I'm trying to remain positive, but um, you know, and I, I know the result from last week, Central Michigan, but it, it's Central Michigan. Okay, you should you should absolutely demolish that team. You should you should have put it down on them like you did. So you you don't get a whole lot of credit for me. I just I just tell you that, man, this Mississippi State team. And I think this this game means a lot for this program going forward, the future of it. That's for sure. Well, you look at what you know the standings in the SEC West right now: Auburn, LSU, Mississippi State. Both are all three are two and one, um, with one loss away. Right. So, but they got us second to last, right above Mississippi State. That's why this game right now today is so important, and next week is so important. Because then, you know, if we can beat Mississippi State, beat Auburn, we'll be right there in the hunt, I guess, right behind Alabama, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Texas A&M. Now, at some point, the rubber's got to meet the road, and you're going to be playing, you know, you know, these better teams, right? And I think Auburn is one of the better teams. So we get through the, this week. If we get, let me say it like this, we beat Mississippi State convincingly. That'll give our guys a lot of confidence um, going into that Auburn game. Playing against an Auburn team that is, that is a good team, but I think in the, in, the, in the quarterback in Bo Nix, I think we could, you know, get some pressure on them and make them make mistakes. And I think we'll be okay there um, if we play the way that we know how to play. And that's the, that's the biggest thing about. I think that's what uh, uh, what did you say the guy's name Gilbo that's coming on next hour. He's talking about Gilbo. when it, when Glenn Gilbo when he's talking about Coach O you know, coaching for his life right now. You know, this is this is important. I think that's what he's talking about because every game is essential, literally. So every game he'll be coaching for his life or his coaching career or whatever. Now, what game is that that if he loses, let's say he runs the table and loses to Alabama, is, is that enough, you know? Or let's say he loses to – If he runs the table with this team and loses to Alabama, I think that's a big win. I think that's a good – it's a good I salute agree. to well, the direction of this me, program. So why do you say with this team? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Like, is, is this team that bad? Or is it just because we are, you know, once again, transitioning to new offensive and defensive coordinators and we're trying to adapt to who they are. They're trying to adapt to the kids. Um, and, you know, this is, you know, is this year really, a, a, a you know, a, a do or die year for Coach O? I don't think it is. I think next year would be, especially with the second years of, you know, his, just coordinators that are there. Um, but, you know, I don't know, but it's a it's a daunting schedule ahead. Like, literally, it's like, it, it ain't fun to look at when you look at it. But, hey, that's why you're in the SEC. That's why you're in the SEC West, right? That's the whole reason why you go out and recruit four- and five-star athletes so you guys can, you know, so we can compete against the best of the best. And I'm not looking down on the schedule and, and looking at it and saying, you know what, this is a loss, that's a loss, this is a loss. You know, what I'm looking at and I'm saying, you know, I think I know we can beat Mississippi State. Will we beat them? I don't know. Auburn, they're, they're ranked 23rd. They're not too far away from where we're ranked, in, which is out of the 25. So I think we can beat them too. Kentucky is not ranked. So, we, you know what, that's an even matchup. How can we play well and come out with a victory on that game? 
Florida is going to be a very tough task. They're going to be really good. They're going to come into Tiger Stadium ready to play. And you know, then Ole Miss, you know, the, you know, you know how Lane Kiffin is. He's just going to have his guys ready to play. He's going to throw the ball all over the park. And then Alabama, you know, they're going to come in as the number one ranked team in the country, favorite, and they're going to do what Alabama does. Arkansas is going to be very, very tough because those guys are on the rise right now, and I think they got a really good team. I think they're better than number sixteen ranked that they are ranked right now. And then you know, you, you know, Louisiana Monroe, we can beat them. Texas A and M. You know, another team that, you know, you don't really know who they really truly are. You know, they struggle, but they win the game. Though. So they're 3-0 and right now. We'll see how they all went by the time we get to them. But I really think it's a – I think we can at least win um, – what's that? I, I, I guess we maybe lose two games moving forward. That's what I see. Two, three at the most. But Two or three at the most. Who are those two I, losses? I see Florida and uh, Alabama. That's what I see. I think we, I think we play hard enough. I think we coach well enough to beat your Auburns, your Kentuckys, your Mississippis, um, mm. and your Arkansas. I, 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 I say we beat them. And and that third, that third. Well, let me say it like this. So the two losses for sure that I see is going to be Alabama and Florida. The third one potentially could be either Texas A&M or Arkansas. That's what You're I see. A lot more optimistic than I, than I am. You're a lot know, more optimistic I than I am. That's right. That's I, right. I don't see him winning against Ole Miss. I don't see him winning against Arkansas. I don't see him winning against Alabama, Florida, and A&M. It's I think they're going to get better and better as the as the season goes on. Each game, I think, you, each quarter, those totally guys be are right. going to get better and better. No, you might totally be right. I I I, I understand that. Um, you know, I understand. It. I'm just I'm just I'm 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 cynical. Her. <laughs> about this year, I just am. I I just don't have a lot of faith and and confidence in in uh, the direction of this program. And here's what's troubling. We talked about this a lot during the Les Miles era. Her uh, was yep. not the acquirement of top talent. Coach O can recruit his tail off. We've seen that. He signed top five recruiting classes year in and year out here. But it's the development of that talent, mm-hmm. right? Her her uh, Les Miles had the same deal he could get the top five recruiting classes but they didn't get better i mean some of the seniors the upperclassmen on this team are not have not improved to, to my liking at least and that's where that's what separates you i think from the clemsons the alabamas um the ohio states is they not only do they procure the talent but they also develop the talent along the way and, and you see improvement and right now i haven't seen it, Th- those improvements. Uh, maybe I'm looking at the wrong place. I don't know. You know, it's it's really tough to say that you can't see the improvement, um, because if you know you you think about it, a lot of these guys are leaving that after the junior year they're gone. So the the guys that are our seniors has has actually come back and played very well and have been drafted and have played very well in the NFL as well. You know, there's there are certain cases where you see that at. The problem has been, you know, since 2019, nothing's been the same. It's been COVID last year, right? And then this year, Coach O having, you know, and I keep leaning on this, but this year he's having new defensive and offensive coordinators who's bringing in the new guys that's on the, you know, defensive line coaches, linebacker coaches, with different things like that. So, you know, you know, it's hard to really gauge how they're developing these guys. I think they're doing a decent enough job to develop them. I just think that, you know, up front has been a big challenge. 
um, on the offensive line, and that was always a challenge. Even even going into the 2019 season, mm-hmm. although that 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 group won, you know, was nationally recognized as one of the best offensive line groups in the country that year, 2019. When we went to that season, that was the biggest question mark. And then last year was the biggest question mark. This year still is. It's not even a question mark this year. It's actually this is what they're doing. They need to get better. They, they don't play well as a unit for whatever reason. But um, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I, I just, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't feel horrible about what they have going on or even the direction of the program. But I just, I know that they, they are getting better week, week in and week out. And I think the coaching staff is coming together to try to make sure they can get the best out of these guys and also take these guys to the next level as far as what their talent is going to bring to them. Um, and then I think it's going to start showing today. It's going to be hard. It might not show up in the first half. <laughs> They're going to wait till about one thirty before they start, you know, really waking up and, and making some things happen. But it might be too but late I think, by then. I think this mess, the SEC, um, this start of the SEC is going to really wake these guys up. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, who welcome in now, NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier. Mike, um, it, it, 11 a.m. kickoff, um, it just kind of goes to show you, you know, where LSU currently stands with the 11 a.m. kickoff uh, in the SEC. I mean, this is where typically Vanderbilt or, or a team like Missouri is showcased, and LSU is showcased now against Mississippi State at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Good morning, by the way. Good morning. Uh, yeah, it goes to show where both programs are right now. Uh, and, and they're mystery teams, uh, both of them. Yep. So uh, I think today you're going to find out a few more answers to the questions that are given to both. Uh, you know, I, I'm watching Mississippi State play. Uh, I'm, I was impressed with the, their defense. Uh, man, the way they their front seven, the way they floated the football. Uh, strange game to lose to Memphis the way they did, but when they give up like 270 yards total offense and you still lose, mm-hmm. this is no, okay. Then today's game, you, you've done everything you could defensively, um, and then you turn over the football five times in week one, five fumbles you lose and still win. So, uh, man, um, these are two teams that you know. I can't really give you really good answers on. I, I know what I'm going to see from Leach's offense. Um, you're not going to see a lot of running plays, and, and he's going to try to confuse you. It, it's what he's always done, and it's, you might say, a complicated offense, but it really isn't. You know, he, he's just trying to fool you because uh, he, he runs the same stuff, but it's just out of a, a few different sets. And uh, that, that'll that be interesting for LSU's defense, who I think that's been the big improvement since week one. Uh, their ability to flow to the football quicker, faster, pursuit. You, you're seeing that. You see the effort. And uh, they can get a pass rush with four and drop seven in coverage. So that, that that's the, the good part today. And, you you got to give Mississippi State a little bit of what they gave you a year ago, and that is heavy pressure. And you know what? You run those crossing patterns on offense. You you give Arnett's defense that you know some similar looks and see how well they cover it. Uh, 
again, it's an interesting game for two teams, one who doesn't want to run the football and the other one who's had trouble running the football. Mike, when you, you look at State and you mentioned how simple the offense is, but I, I, and I, I agree that the defense, LSU's defense, has improved, uh, but they're still treating a crossing pattern like it's something new, like it's like it's a novice device. Yeah, and, and you see it a little bit across college football today. Uh, if you watch Florida, Alabama, Florida did some things like that to Alabama's defense. Uh, players were close, but they didn't make plays. Uh, I, I watched last night a couple games where some of those crossing patterns, they had guys wide open. And so it's the confusion part of knowing your assignments and who you have to pass off to. And so LSU's in a in a boat with a lot of different teams today because that seems to be the point of emphasis uh, for a lot of clubs in college football. That they they want to confuse you, they really do, and they use that to try to set up another play, um, and and that and Leach is famous for that too. Um, at Washington State, he would do a lot of inside patterns, and then when you'd start to pinch in a little bit, that's when he threw it to the chalk. So he's. He's a, a, a crafty play caller offensively. Really, that that's where he's hung his hat on. Uh, but this year is a little different in that this state defense, which may not have, say, uh, older star players, man, they're aggressive and they run to the football. So you try mm-hmm. to catch them out of position. Because if you're going to be that aggressive with me, <laughs> I'm going to use it against you. I'm going to use it against you. Mike, let's talk a little bit about last week and how it's going to transition to this week for LSU offensively. Max Johnson threw five touchdown passes, 372 yards. Um, you know, Deion Smith, five receptions, 135 yards, two touchdowns. Jack Besh had a great game, five receptions, you know, 81 yards, one touchdown. The younger guys are starting to fill in. They're starting to come into their own. Corey Kiner was a huge, huge addition last week with 12 carries. 74 yards and one touchdown. Just talk on, touch on that a little bit, um, moving from last week into this game and how those younger guys are going to help LSU's offense. Well, Ed's always told me, Mike, I don't care that classification. If you're the best player, I'm going to play you. Now, um, her probably back in your day, there were coaches that, you know what, I'm playing the upperclassmen before that young freshman or sophomore. I trust him more. But I think in today's world, you may have, uh, you know, still some coaches like that, but not many. You've got to win. And I think he really believes that those young kids uh, give him the best chance to win. Uh, you know, Deion was the number one rated player in the state of Mississippi. He had a strange senior year because of the COVID and then he transferred schools, had an injury, uh, was coming back from it, and he looks great. Uh, and he's fearless. He, he doesn't believe anybody can cover him. Um, I can say the same about Jack Besh. It was a guy that LSU at first didn't offer. You know, he, he was looking around, and 
all of a sudden, you know, he pieces together a few games as a senior, and it looked as though, you know, uh, like 10 people had won the Powerball. Everybody was over at the school trying to recruit him, and uh, it didn't take him long. He was waiting for that LSU offer, and he got it. He is a crafty route runner. He's a tough guy, catches the ball smoothly, but he plays with great energy. You can see it. You know, he plays with a lot of energy uh, out on the field. Uh, Brian Thomas, Jr., too, is another guy. Uh, had a rough game a couple weeks ago where he had a couple of drops, but I think he's someone, too. They want to get more involved because he is immensely gifted. Uh, and so another freshman. And then Corey Kiner. Uh, Corey's kind of shortcut built. Um, he's a little bigger than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I'm not trying to compare him, but he's a little bigger than Clyde. But, you know, he's built along those lines where he is really well built from the waist down. And he breaks through a tackle. He's got a little bit of giddy up in the step. Man, he can pull away from you. And another guy that brings some energy to the table, uh, Armani, I think you're going to see more of him because he catches the ball so well coming out of the backfield. And I think that's the one thing they've really missed since Clyde went to the National Football League. Have you seen a guy that can catch the ball coming out of the backfield? Hmm. And the answer is no. But Omani can, and he's a really good receiver. So, man, listen, I'm playing my best people. Uh, And I'm playing the people that I feel can give me the best chance to win. And we didn't touch on it, but, man, look the improvement of Max and, and how efficient he's been. And he's sharp with the football. And if you protect him, he makes good decisions and he throws the ball extremely well. Uh, So, man, I've been impressed with Max and that he hangs in there. He's getting hit a lot. But last week it wasn't a lot of get to the line of scrimmage and then check with me. It was make the play call, run the play, and then get up to the line of scrimmage quickly and run the next one. Yep. They went warp speed, think, Mike. That, that was what Coach O told it, us earlier in the week, warp speed. Yeah, uh, it, it's fast. Uh, it's not Joe Brady-type uh, fast, right. but it's fast. Uh, and and so I, I think Max feels comfortable in that. And, and he's always going to be a confident guy. Believe me, if you're around him, he kind of exudes that a little bit in him that, hey, listen, I got it, guys. I, you know, don't worry about me. You just do your job. I, I, I got this. And he he is showing some calmness and that maybe we didn't see in week one. He got that out of his system. And he gives LSU uh, – they're really – if it's going to be a tilt today – it's going to be because of two guys, Max Johnson and Kate York at kicker. Yeah, this could come down to a field goal kind of game, and I got a lot of confidence in Kate York, that's for sure. Mike, is Coach O maybe coaching? Is this the start of a, a coaching for his football life to a degree? I mean, if, if he doesn't get by Mississippi State, it looks daunting after this. 
Um, and knowing him, he will tell you this. I coach for my life every week. You know, even though you won the national championship, they, they had people that still wasn't happy with him. And so he understands that when you coach at LSU, expectations are high. And every week you coach and sort of speak for your life. Uh, and it's it's just the expectations that you have when you're a major college head coach. And you're getting paid over $7 million a year. Uh, so he gets it. He understands it, that, you know, the expectations are not for a 500 football team. It's much better than that. And so he's always been, you know, the guy that wasn't the first choice. And he knows that even here, despite winning a national championship, he has still not won over uh, a lot of fans. And it's because of what happened last year in the opening game against UCLA. He he gets it. But, NFL uh, college football. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. But 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 he knows it better than anybody, Christian. <laughs> We've had that conversation. Him and I. He 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 gets it. He he's from here. He uh, he saw successful coaches before him and catch the same heat that he's catching today. NFL and college football analyst Mike Detillier. Mike, thanks a bunch for waking up with us and uh, go Tigers, man. Thanks. Yes, Thank you, Mike. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Go Tigers. All right, we'll step away and come back. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Get you set for LSU and Mississippi State coming up at 11 a.m. in Starkville. Herb, do you know where the phrase um, warp speed and this go fast, um, up-tempo kind of offense came from? Um, mm, Running shoot? Just throwing, no. just throwing it out there. No, it, it originated from a guy named uh, John Reed. He was a youth football coach in California. He was going fast okay. before anybody went fast, before Chip Kelly, before any of them. I, the reason why I know that is I read his book, and it's, he was a youth football coach in California, and he uh, he kind of is the – really, he doesn't get any credit for it, but he's the innovator of the, the go-fast uh, offense and the warp speed. And In fact, he came up with the warp speed um, no-huddle offense. And – um, I just, I don't know, I wanted to point that out. The reason why I know that, again, I read his book, but I also implemented it when I was coaching youth football myself a number That's of right. years ago. And it, um, it's effective. It's highly effective at the youth level. Highly effective yep. at the youth level. Yep. It, on the major college level as well, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, but he doesn't get enough credit. You know, it was way before Chip Kelly. I'm talking about this is back in 2000 and six and seven before chip kelly even thought about going fast um mm-hmm. john uh, john reed was doing it back in 2000 and you know 2001 99 i mean it was it's it's he's the one who started it I just wanted to nerd out there for a minute on on uh on youth football nice. so i like it that's kind of where it came from that's where it started all right we're a little behind yeah. we're gonna go ahead and step away again this is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. About to pour my second cup of coffee here as we're underway, well underway, on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. <laughs> Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. We get off the air at 9, 11 a.m. kickoff between LSU and Mississippi State. And, Herb, this, this is a game that uh, it's the first conference game of the year. And I, I agree, while I've been a little bit pessimistic, I like what I've seen out of Max Johnson, 
over the last couple of games. He's improved from that UCLA game. You can see that. And I also, I think you appropriately pointed out that this receiving core, the weapons are starting to improve too. Not just the receiving core. Uh, it's, you know, I think that I think the running backs, you know, Mike was talking about Kiner, um, Josh Williams, Monty Goodwin. I think these guys are really going to start coming to, to, to their own. And then, you know, let's not forget um, when John Emery Jr. comes back, if he comes back. So I'm thinking that he was going to get a shot to come back. If not, these young guys can make it happen. Wide receiver core, you know, you go down, you, you just read off the roster and these guys are like, okay, we want to be the next, you know, uh, Jamar Chase, uh, Justin Jefferson, um, you know, uh, Terrence Marshall, Odell Beckham, you know, Jarvis Knight. These guys, are, they see these guys doing things, and they want to be that, and they know they can get accomplish all their goals by going through LSU and doing that. So it's awesome. I, mean, I think Max Johnson has literally, uh, in my opinion, he's been on fire, 64% completion uh, percentage. He's got – 11 touchdowns to two interceptions. Um, you know, he's been he's, – he's stepped up into that role as the leader on this team. And I think that's what we were looking for last week. Who is that leader? And I think Max is coming into his own on that. One down, one more to go. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 